Good evening, this is Quintus Curtius. Welcome back to the podcast. And in this podcast, we're going to be talking about an email that I received a couple days ago from a young guy who's getting ready to go off to boot camp in the Marine Corps. And he's going to be going to boot camp on the West Coast in uh, in San Diego. There were, there's two Marine Corps recruit training depots. There's one in Paris Island and there's one in, in San Diego. And that's where enlisted men go for their uh, for their training. Officers have a little bit of a different path. They go to officer candidate school, which depending on the program is is roughly about eight weeks uh, at OCS. And then after that, you pass that, then uh, new second lieutenants have to go to six months of the, the basic school in, in Quantico, Virginia. So it's a little bit of a different path. But anyway, this this guy sent me an email a couple of days ago, and he said that basically he's going to be heading off soon to um, MCRD, Marine Corps Recruit Training Depot, and, and if I had any pointers or advice. And, you know, when I got <laughs> when you get an email like this, there's always kind of these mixed emotions you get that uh, that go along with it. You know, you, you feel kind of nostalgic, and there's just so much to say. But at the same time, there's so little to say. And let me explain what I mean by that. There's so many things that you want to share, that you want to explain, that you want to convey. But I know from my own experience that some things you just can't really explain to people. They have to see it for themselves. They have to experience it for themselves. And once they've done that, then the experience will mean whatever it means to them. It's like trying to explain... It would be, it would be like trying to describe to someone how, to, how you went through an intensely personal experience. You can do it. I'm not saying it's impossible. But it never seems to really measure up. It never seems to quite be adequate. Because it is such a personal experience. But at the same time... There are some useful tips and pointers that you can that you can um, that you can give somebody. So that's what I wanted to do. I, I sent him a response email, but then I thought, you know what? There must be other guys out there that might want to hear this. Even people who have never have no intention of going to any sort of military um, training facility or going through anything like that. Sometimes it's it's nice just to listen to these things, listen to these stories. So. Let me kind of run down my list of of what I thought were the most relevant and useful pointers that you can offer someone who's just about to become a new recruit. And you can judge for yourself whether you think these are, are useful or not. So in no particular order, let me start. The first thing I said was, keep your mouth shut and do what you're told. Keep your mouth shut and do what you're told. When you first arrive at MCRD, they're gonna, those instructors are going to get right on that bus with you and order your asses out. And you're going to stand on the little yellow footprints and your, your, your entire regimen is going to be controlled from uh, during every waking minute and even at night. So it's important for you to establish right off the bat that you know how to follow orders. Okay, nobody gives a shit about what you think or your opinions or uh, what's going to happen now or what's going to happen later. Or 
you have to learn how to disengage from your old slimy self, your old slime bag self, and to make your mind a blank slate and do what you're told. And in today's society, that, that's a big achievement because everybody now is told that they're a precious snowflake and their opinion matters and they're important and all this other stuff. And none of that matters. None, none of that matters there. And you need to get that through your head. And in many ways, guys want to be told that. And I'm not going to get into the big psychological dimensions of, of being a recruit, but a lot of young guys are craving the discipline because it doesn't exist anywhere else anymore. All right, so that's the first point. Second point is, you know, don't be skylined. And this is a word that we used to use back in the old days. And my, my background was I, I attended OCS, Officer Candidate School. I was a ROTC, a Navy ROTC student when I was in college uh, at MIT. And I attended OCS in uh, 1989. And, you know, I went to the basic school in, in Quantico also after I graduated in 1990. So that's my background, all right? And even though enlisted man's training is different from officer training, the, it's the culture is similar. The culture is the same. With the officer training at OCS, you're expected already to know certain things when you get there. You're expected to have been uh, at your, your school during the summers, your, unit, you know, your, your activities during the year and during the summers. You're already expected to have a certain level of physical fitness, a certain level of knowledge, a certain level of understanding of the basics. Okay, uh, That's not really the case with recruit training, with enlisted men. You're, you're, you go there as a, bank, a blank slate. I mean, people, the, the recruits that go there, they, I think for the first couple of days, I think they even wear sneakers with, with their camis, with their camouflage bottoms. So they, they gradually get eased into that whole military uh, life, that Marine Corps lifestyle o- over time. So it's just it's just a, a different culture. And I also think that the, the purposes of the two programs are different. At, at OCS, at Officer Candidate School, the job is, the, the goal is to weed people out. The goal is to evaluate. They're not really training you in anything. The goal is to put you under as much pressure as possible to see if you can handle being the type of person who can lead men in in tense situations under extreme conditions of extreme duress. So you're going to experience sleep deprivation. You're going to experience physical being pushed to the physical limits. You're going to experience all those things so they can evaluate you. I mean a lot of all that stuff exists. Some of that some of that stuff exists with recruit training, but it's a little bit scaled back. The focus I think is a little bit more on building a unit, building cohesive units than on kind of pitting everybody against each other and, and washing people out. So it's just a it's just a difference of culture. But anyway, in any case, to get back to my point, uh, my second point was you don't want to stand out for any reason. You don't want to get skylined. And that word skylined means when your your image appears on the horizon. Imagine you're walking along a ridge and the outline of your body appears on the horizon. You do not want to be skylined. And that can happen if you if you screw up in some way or you do something to stand out. Because once that happens, those instructors are just 
are just brutal. They'll be all over you, and you'll get the whole harassment package. And it seems like in every one of these groups or classes, they always seem to pick out a handful of people to just always come back to. You don't want to be that person. You don't want to be that guy. You do not want to stand out. So do what you can not to stand out. I mean, sometimes it's unavoidable, and it doesn't mean that you're bad or good or anything. Some people just draw attention to themselves. It's just the way things are in some ways. But the more invisible you can make yourself in those environments, generally the more pleasant your your experience will be. But again, you have to do the best you can with that situation. All right, the third point is take care of your feet. Okay, please take care of your feet. Why do I say that? Because so much of these Marine Corps activities, and I think the military in general, revolves around foot care. You're going to be marching, you're going to be humping, you're going to be uh, going on, you're going to be running, you're going to be doing everything on your feet. I mean, you don't want to get injured in general, but your feet are especially important because they can easily get torn up. You know, if you're putting on boots and you're going out on humps or marches or running with boots on. Uh, I've seen really, really good guys, physically fit guys, guys, you know, you know, athlete material uh, get laid low just by having foot problems, extreme blistering, uh, sprained ankles, messed up toes, whatever. So you've got to take care of your feet. And what that means is make sure you've got well-fitting boots. You know, you know, there's a lot of different theories. You know, I was never really big into a lot of these foot remedies. There are guys that swear by like the foot powder. I always found that useless foot powder and like this moleskin, this moleskin shit. You know, like it's like this adhesive um, stuff that that you can cut out and glue and and stick on your feet. I guess it's supposed to protect your your feet from blisters. And it, 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 it works. You know, if you need to use it, it's it's not it's not bad. Um, but the, really the best thing I found is to have, have boots that are broken in and that are well-fitting. You know, I used to go overboard with some of that stuff. I remember when I was getting ready to go to OCS, I would, I would run around, you know, on Boston Common with boots on and, you know, I would, I would buy, uh, you know, I, I bought a pair of boots that, that were a little bit, a little bit too big so I could put like a, an, an extra insole in the bottom to kind of make them extra cushioned. All these things I thought were really tricks, and and they you know they weren't bad or anything, but I don't really know how much that 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 really helped. Uh, but take care of your feet. You know that's that's important because you get you get messed up feet. You're you're going to get uh, either kicked out or get recycled. You don't you do not want that to happen. All right, uh, fourth point is be a team player. Be a team player. Do not be a selfish, self-centered prick. All right, we live in a society that now glorifies individualism. I'm great, I'm the best, I'm this, I'm that. Okay, that is not part of unit ethic. That is not part of the unit ethic. Okay, you're expected to be a team player. All right. That doesn't mean you go around wiping other people's noses or whatever, but what it does mean is that you hold up your end, that you don't complain, that you don't be a troublemaker, you don't spread rumors, or you don't say talk shit about people or whatnot. 
you know what you know what being a team player means. If you need me to explain that to you, then you're not a team player. All right. So the instructors are very sharp. Trust me, you cannot bullshit these instructors. These sergeant instructors, these platoon sergeants, you cannot bullshit them. These guys are trained experts. They can run their eyes down a whole platoon of guys, and they can tell which ones are the ones they want to hone in on and which ones uh, they they uh, they don't need to do that for. So if you are a individualist, if you are a troublemaker, you will be spotted. You will be found out. So plan accordingly. You know, If you are not a team player, work on being one. Work on being one of the guys. Okay? Work on work on being a team player. All right. The fifth thing is know your shit, know your stuff. Okay. If you're told to memorize things, for example, if you're told to memorize the general orders, or if you're told to memorize leadership traits and principles, if you're told to memorize hand and arm signals, if you're told to memorize whatever, okay, do it. Do not be a shitbag. Do not be the loser who doesn't know anything. Because, again, it goes back to being skylined. You do not want to be skylined. All right. Number six. Inspections are going to happen all the time. You're, gonna, you're, you're probably going to have to stand in front of your rack, your bunk. Is, is the Marine Corps, they call it a rack. I don't know what the freaking army calls it, but uh, we, we call it a rack. You're going to have to stand for inspections both in a squad bay and also out on the grinder on the where close order drill is done. And inspections are very, very, very important. Okay, I cannot stress how important inspections are because it's, it's basically your chance to show yourself to everybody else. And if you're standing up there in front of a group with IPs, Dripping off your uniform. I, that's a, another Marine Corps expression. IPs, it's a, uh, it's, it stands for Irish penance. Um, it must be a British term, obviously. It's, it basically, it's a, it's a derogatory term which indicates uh, loose threads that hang off clothing. Penant, Irish penant. Uh, so it, um, you know, if you have a uniform, make sure that you've cut off all the IPs off of it, that it's been... It's been um, it's been groomed and conditioned, and it's, it's appropriate for inspection. Everything, boots, shine, polish, all that stuff, because you know towels not hosed up. Um, because the people that have problems with inspections are generally people who are slovenly and disorganized, and do not know how to prioritize their time. And they, those instructors will hone in on that, and it impresses people. When you are looking good and when you feel like you're squared away. So pay particular attention to these inspections. They are important. Okay. Um, number seven, uh, close order drill, looking good on the grinder. Okay. Close order drill is also very, very important. You know, learn how to operate as a group. You have to know how to you know how to do close order drill. You know, know how to do it, uh, right face, left face, uh, about face, you know, right oblikes, left oblikes, to the rear march, uh, you know, all that stuff. You'll get all that, you know, practice and experience on how to do that. Uh, but 
you want to make sure that your body is erect, you are not bouncing up and down, you are brushing your fingernails against the side of your, your trousers, all that stuff, whatnot. Okay, so gotta gotta look good in these in these situations. All right, number eight, uh, be in shape. Okay, you, you would think that would be self-explanatory, but maybe it is, maybe it isn't. I do not know. Uh, you know, you do not enter a training environment if you're out of shape. I mean, you should already go down there being in shape. Your body is going to be under a lot of stress, a lot of duress, and the better shape that you're in, the easy, the easier things are going to be for you. So. If you have time, if you know when you're heading off for training, make sure you're in the best shape possible because things are going to things are just going to be harder, man. They're just harder. I remember when I when I left for OCS and this probably would have been in late June or or early July. Yeah, it must have been late June of uh 1989. And I was pretty good, you know, in those days a physical fitness test was uh, you know, pull-ups uh, you know, pull-ups, um, sit-ups, and a three-mile run. You know, my my run times were 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 pretty good, but when I got down to Quantico, man, the first inventory PFT, I just was sucking wind. I was sucking wind, and I don't know if it was the humidity or what it was, or just the environment, but I just my run time was just horrible. You know, it was like you know several minutes slower than what it 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 normally was, and um, it just I guess the point is that. Things are, when it comes to, really comes to showtime, things are always going to be more difficult than you think they're going to be, okay? And let's see, the next one is, yeah, the next thing, I think number nine we're on, uh, drink water, okay? Drink water, okay? You think, you would think that would be common sense, but it isn't you are going to be dehydrated to the extreme in these training environments. And you need to be drinking enough water so that when you piss, the piss is clear. It's not yellow. It's not um, not not have any color to it. So it's just the water is just going in you and you're constantly hydrating those cells, those organs, so that your body can function at its, its peak capacity. And, you know, I'm telling you, this stuff... Even though you can hear it, it can sneak up on you. When I was at uh, when I was at TBS, and this was in um, 1990, uh, I got heat exhaustion from just one of the graded events. It was a land nav, land navigation, and what we had, to, what you have to do is you have a map and a compass, and you have to go out in the training area and and find, uh, you know, over this huge area, you have to find a certain number of points, and you get a scorecard, and you have to complete it within a certain time. And I was out there doing it, and you're out there all alone, and you know it's it's summer and it's hot, and you've got a uniform on and whatnot, and you're sweating. I was you're sweating like hell, and there's you have canteens of water, but I was I drank all my water, and I was so absorbed in in completing my task that I forgot to refill, or I, I didn't think of refilling my canteens at these water bulls, these like uh, portable water tanks that they have everywhere. Um, I just didn't do it. And, you know, you, you notice as I was getting towards the end, I was slowing down. I was just, I felt like I was dragging ass and it's not like in the movies when you're, when you're thirsty, when your body is is suffering from lack of water, you feel nausea. It's, it's not what you think. You don't really feel thirst. You feel sick. Like you feel like 
disoriented. You like, and I, I thought maybe I had something I had eaten or something I had drank was wrong. So I couldn't really figure out what was going on. But you know, I finished. I, I finished the. Um, you know, I, I finished the course and the land nav course. Got everything. Everything was fine. Everything was good. And I turned in my scorecard and I went back to the BOQ rooms with my, you know, roommates. And I, I just cramped up. I, I I sat down and I had a, I had a hard time just kind of moving around, like getting up. And I, and I figured, okay, something's not right here. Something. Uh, so I went to I went to sick bay, and they uh, they told me that I had I was dehydrated. I was severely dehydrated. So they gave me water in an IV, and man, that was a, it, it felt like that was one of the most incredible feelings i've ever had it's a, you can feel this cold water going into your veins if you, you feel like <laughs> you you really feel like a sponge your body's just soaking it up you know so anyway the point of that story is to make sure you hydrate hydrate got to make sure you drink water because uh, uh heat exhaustion uh, is a, a serious thing and it can it can just um shut you down that's what what happens is you basically get shut down if i had continued on without drinking i would have just probably just uh reached a point where you just have to just you, you can't move you just sit down and you just can't uh can't continue so anyway uh and the last thing is learning i think number 10 i think we're on here uh learning learn to deal with sleep deprivation sleep deprivation is one of those big tools in the trainer's arsenal of tricks a bag of tricks and you're not going to get a lot of sleep at least it wasn't that way for us at, at OCS. Uh, you're, you're, they deliberately want to put you under stress, put you under duress, see how you perform. And I assume it's probably the same way for recruits at the uh, different MCRDs, whether Paris Island or, or uh, San Diego. So you, you have to learn how to find coping mechanisms for sleep deprivation. You know, I don't really know how you can really train for that. Maybe you can't. But I think it does help to know going into it that, that that's going to be something you're going to have to deal with. And if you know that if you know going into it that that's going to be part of the harassment package, then you'll be better able to um, to handle yourself uh, in the event. So those are my tips. I think there are ten of them, and I'll. Uh, I'll read them off here again. I'm not going to read them off. You can you can go back and listen to the recording. You don't need me to read them off again. So those are those are my uh, those are my points of guidance for new recruits, and hopefully that will be something that you can you can listen to and process. But you know, like I said, you can listen to these things. You can shake your head. You can nod your head. But you know, once you finish, it's going to mean whatever it means to you, and you'll have your own spin to put on it. And then, um, you know, 20, 30 years later, you can tell some other young guy what it meant to you. So anyway, that, uh, that'll conclude our podcast here for, for tonight. Um, I'm Quintus Curtius. Good night. <laughs>